closer every day. There's been so much grace in my life that I, I just can't even imagine not doing it. Welcome to the Pints and Pews podcast. I'm your co-host, Dennis. And I'm your co-host, Robert. And we're just a couple of guys talking the Catholic faith over a pint or two of our favorite beers. So why don't you pour yourself a pint, pull up a chair, and listen in for the next little while. As we take the faith seriously, but not necessarily ourselves. And as always, if you want to take part in the conversation or have an idea for the podcast, leave us a comment or swing by our Facebook page and drop us a message. Dennis, buddy, how are you doing this evening? Good, Robert. Very good. Uh, excited about our next guest who we've had on before. Very excited about that. A little sad this week, of course, too. Um, as you know, it's um, Remembrance Day tomorrow, Veterans Day in the States, November the 11th. And uh, we had a friend of ours, a former chaplain at our school, pass away this week, too. So uh, oh. Deacon Dominic, very sad that uh, that happened quite suddenly, right, Robert? So we're, yeah, we're so remembering him in our prayers this week, yeah. It has been a rough week for uh, our school community. Uh, like you say, it was very, very sudden uh, with Deacon Dominic. I think, yeah, everybody that n- knows Deacon Dominic is just in a, a state of shock. So you know, yeah. we send out prayers for his soul that our Lord receives Deacon Dominic home into his loving and merciful arms. And we also say a prayer mm-hmm. for his wife, Gina, and his children that you know the lord sends his consoling grace upon them and gives them the the strength and hope that they need uh, at this time and i've always said when it's you know these kind of crises that come into our lives i really don't understand how people can uh, get through these kind of things without the faith without the faith absolutely and and you saw the faith um alive in him for sure in the in the many years that he worked for our school board and with with staff and students alike and and with his parish too as a deacon in the archdiocese of toronto so yeah very much absolutely so. very sad yep and then uh, also too just a, a prayer of thanksgiving for all of the men and women who have given their lives in service to their countries uh, for the the sake of freedom so that you know we can live in such abundance and such comfort uh, in, in these great countries that we're, that we live in, so we're very blessed. We're very. I know, and I know the our American cousins celebrate Memorial Day in late May for that reasons, but it's also Veterans Day tomorrow as well, too. So we we do remember the servicemen and women for sure. Yeah. But you know, we kind of digress here. Uh, we have, like you said, a a repeat customer. A if repeat, you will, yes. Here at the Pints and Pews podcast. Now, I kind of go out of my way, Dennis, because in your advanced age, I know the memory is failing you <laughs> here. And, and and it's not just that we bring guests back for that reason, but we also try to just bring back guests who are named Keith. Keith, how many Keiths have we had in the last little while? I don't know if we're, we're at three Keiths or four Keiths. I've kind of lost count of the Keiths. A lot of Keiths. You got to keep track of the Keiths. Yes, <laughs> got to go. keep track of the Keiths. So I'll do a brief introduction uh, because our guest tonight, Keith Nestor, was our Pints and Pews guest for the very first episode of this season three, way season back in three. January. Right. So to get Keith's full story and his full bio, uh, head back to you know episode one of season three from January of 2023. But just very quickly, the, the Coles notes here, the Reader's Digest version, uh, Keith Nestor entered the Catholic Church in 2017. And a year later, he felt God calling him to write his first book. Uh, 
The Convert's Guide to Roman Catholicism, Your First Year in the Church, which is a down-to-earth guide to the transitions, obstacles, joys, and challenges that are faced by new converts to the Catholic faith. His most recent book, which we'll be talking with Keith about uh, this evening, is Unpacking the Mysteries of the Rosary, which is a game changer when it comes to praying and contemplating the mysteries of the rosary, which Keith does with people from all over the world with his Rosary Crew, which is a daily YouTube live stream prayer community, as well as crisscrossing the United States with his wife Estelle in their Rosary RV, which I know they made special pilgrimage in the month of October, which is the month of the, the Holy Rosary. When he has a spare moment, Keith loves to ride his Indian motorcycle and spend time with both family and friends. Some way, somehow, Keith Nestor has found a few minutes to sit down here once again with us tonight, Dennis, to share a pint. So, Keith, welcome back to the Pints and Pews podcast. Thanks for having me, you guys. It's good to be with you. Back. That's great to have you, Keith. And it's always so great to have you on the show because you get really us pumped up for the faith. You're so animated awesome. and you, you do that. And we, I'm on fire when I hear you and I know we're bare sent me the text about you coming on. So we're excited to hear about uh, your new book, but we really, if you want to bring in the old book or any other projects you got coming up, please feel free to do that as well, because it's always exciting to have you on the show. Oh, no, I'm excited to be able to talk about the Unpacking the Mysteries of the Rosary book. I'm very, very uh, honored to have written it. Yeah, no, like I said in the the little bio intro, uh, it truly is a game changer for, I know the way that I pray the rosary. Uh, I've heard you talk about the rosary before and how, you know, as Catholics, sometimes we have the tendency to rattle the rosary off like it's, it's a little uh, robotic, yeah. Robotic, yeah. like a machine gun. And um, having read Unpacking the Mysteries of the Rosary, it's really slowed me down and had me contemplate. And as well, when I do present the Mysteries of the Rosary, like doing a Visio Divina with artwork, uh, I try to bring in some of these ideas that you incorporate in the book too. So, um, Oh, that's so great to hear. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited to, to, to get into that. But before we get into the book and before we get into the Rosary, Keith, what are you drinking with us here this evening? I've got some Catholic beer. I've got the oh, Tridentine nice. Brew. Uh, oh, wow. Mass of the Ages. Um, I don't know if you've seen Trevor's no. uh, Mass uh, Tridentine Brewer Company. He's in Illinois, and he makes. He's a Catholic guy. I think it's him and his dad, and, and maybe another guy. And they brew all these different kinds of beers in honor of Catholic saints and stuff. This particular one's called Mass of the Ages. Very that sounds cool. great. We got to get. Uh, do they ship up north, Keith? Mm -hmm. I wonder if they ship north of the border. They don't ship anywhere. They ship. Anywhere. <laughs> yeah, you got to go, go to Illinois. Got to go right to Illinois. <laughs> So it, yeah. it comes out of their garage. No, I've heard of the Tridentine Brewery. And, yeah, I uh, think he I, he does ship because he shipped me a box um, last year. And then I went to give a talk in Joliet, Illinois, which isn't too far from him. And he came up and he brought me some. And I was saving I was saving this for tonight. So I knew we were going to be great. on. So I had that sitting there for a couple of months. Oh, I'm glad beautiful. we were able to plug them for sure. That's yeah. that's great. We got to get one of those beers, uh, Robert, for well, sure. I'm thinking of getting in touch with another one of our Keith friends, Keith Little. Of the sure, yeah. Catholic, because he lives right on the border, and I think they have a U.S. postal address. So if we can get that shipped yeah. to you know, kind of yeah. the, oh, the yeah. Detroit sort, Detroit side of the border, uh, we might be able to uh, work something out. We can drive down to there for sure. It'd be worth it. Dennis, what do you have for us this evening? I have a Yellow Lab Lager out of the Kortha Lakes Brewing Company. Old Dog Brewing Company in Bob Cage in Ontario, Robert. So we'll see so how this it, one goes. It's an old dog beer for an old Well, dog. we both had Goldens, and there's no Golden Retriever beer, so I thought Yellow Lab 
you know, you've, your goal, your Goldie passed away. I know that. And, mm. uh, Hunter did, so uh, we've got Bixby now. But yeah, I love those. But love those dogs. Of this, yeah, oh, yeah. I can count on one hand the number of years I haven't had a golden retriever in my home, mm-hmm. and it just feels feels strange. Well, empty. Yeah. What about yourself, sir? Well, I have here from the Farmers Creed Brewing Company. It's called Longhorn Lager. Now, this is out of Uxbridge, which is like the next village over Texas, maybe. <laughs> oh, I'm surprised it's not bison beer because there's a bison farm in Uxbridge. But yeah, the Longhorn Lager, uh, which is from, and again, the name of the brewery is Farmer's Creed Beer. Uh, I kind of picked that because just outside of the town I grew up in, uh, when I was a, a wee lad, uh, there was a restaurant called the Longhorn Inn kind of out in the middle of nowhere. And it was just one of those. Uh, it was the classy place to go because it had a wagon wheel chandelier. Right. Oh, yeah. Ah, I remember those. So, okay, so uh, I, we both have prayer? loggers. Yeah, we both have loggers today. <laughs> oh, and I've got mine. I've done this before. Made an absolute mess. You got to send uh, our guests the prayers next time, like Keith, and he could say the prayer. You go ahead, though, Robert. I, I'm, I'm having a hard enough time just pouring this beer pop. Okay, well then I'll start. I made a mess. Why don't you say the prayer for yeah. us? In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Bless, O Lord, this creature beer, which thou hast deigned to produce from the fat of grain, that it may be a salutary remedy to the human race, and grant through the invocation of thy holy name, that whoever shall drink it may gain health and body and peace and soul through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I feel bad as you're saying the prayer there, Dennis. I'm kind of cleaning up. We're going to get right into it here, Robert, and we're going to ask our guest, uh, Keith, to talk about his faith journey. Um, I'd like him to go way back. I know he's done that before. Well, so yeah, we'll, we don't need Keith to go yeah, way back. You, you we go don't way need. back to January in uh, episode one. Yeah, but if you want to do, you know, go back as far as you can, you can, that's for sure. But just, I think more we're going to concentrate on how the rosary played a uh, role in your conversion story. Uh, Keith, maybe if you can take that into account as well. Well, so the rosary for me, I wasn't really sure if I was going to be like that kind of Catholic, because when I came into the Catholic Church, it was very much about um, the authority of the church and the doctrine of the church, the teaching of the church. And then I had this this other thing going on with with Mary, where I felt like drawn into things emotionally, but I wasn't sure about some of the devotional practices like the rosary, you know, but I remember I was, I love to ride my motorcycle and listen to sermons or podcasts or whatever. And I was doing that one day and I came across one from father Don Calloway talking about the rosary. And up until then I hadn't really ever prayed the rosary that much. And I was in the process of converting at that time. I had, I had, I think I had already quit my job in the church and I was moving in that direction. And he talked about the rosary as a weapon against evil and as all this source of power. And I thought, you know what I need, I I was going through such a transition in my life. I needed to just jump in. So I just decided, okay, I'll pray the rosary. So I started praying it um, just with an app. I downloaded it and on my own doing that. And it was, you know, it was, it was great. 
I didn't pray it with other people. I never led it. I'd been asked, but I was like, no, I'm not doing that because I'd always been afraid I would mess it up. Cause you know, when you're a Protestant coming into the Catholic church, there's a culture shock there. And a lot of the things that Catholics just take for granted that they, it's just the air you breathe. Protestants are like, Whoa, I don't know that prayer. I mean, if you ever, you can always tell there's a convert around when at the end of the Lord's prayer, they don't stop. They just keep going for thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory. Cause that's what you did. The little benediction that happens in the mass. That's part of the Lord's prayer in, in Protestant churches. So you can always tell when someone is new and I'm sure I made that mistake a few times. And well, I was going to say and, conversely at the mass, you know, all of the cradle Catholics because they say, amen, before you get to that part. Yeah, right. exactly. Exactly. So like the rosary was one of those types of things for me where I'm like, okay, I'm going to get, I'm going to do this, but it was very much a private thing. Um, so that, so I wouldn't say it really played a role in my conversion, but it certainly, it certainly became an important part of my faith once I was Catholic. Okay. And and then you take us, I, I want to say March 18th, 2020, for some reason, yeah. the COVID that seemed to be the time where, and I know you're going to talk about the, the rosary crew, but it wasn't something you really had in your, you know, you weren't thinking that I really want to lead this rosary. It kind of fell in your lap type thing, or you felt maybe called to to take this on yourself. Yeah, I never would have, I never would have picked that. Um, so it's funny, I, you know, I'm going through my, my studio right now, redoing all this stuff. And I have this whiteboard that I had put up in the first part of 2020 as I was beginning my ministry and it has all of these things that I'm going to be doing in 2020. And then of course COVID happened. So none of them happened, but I never erased it because it was a reminder to me of we make our plans, but God laughs and then he makes his plans. And when March 17th rolled around, I had just returned from giving a parish mission in, in Louisiana and the, the pandemic was hitting the world as I was coming home. I was supposed to do a men's retreat the following day on the airplane. Everything got canceled. So on the 17th, I went to mass. They were getting ready to shut everything down. And I just hopped on YouTube and did a lot, a live stream just to kind of check in on people and just be like, Hey, how's everybody doing? What's, you know, what, what's, what's, what's this like for everybody? And someone on there suggested, Hey, Keith, can you pray the rosary? lead us in a rosary on your YouTube channel tomorrow. And I was like, Oh man, I'm totally intimidated to do that. But I had a day to figure it out. And I thought I'm on my computer. I can have it written out so I can just read it if I need to. So the next day we jumped on, I think it was noon on March 18th. And there was maybe a hundred people that showed up on my live stream and we started praying the rosary. And then the next day they were like, can we do this again? Can we do this again? And <clears throat> I'm sure I made many mistakes, but the people were very patient with me. They were very gracious to me. And long story short, we've never stopped. I did it, you know, a couple hours ago today and we're, we're staring down four years next March, every single day of doing the rosary and this, this rosary, we call it the rosary crew. Now it's become its own thing. It, it's, it spans the globe. We have, we have, almost 90 countries of people that have taken part in it. We've got thousands of people every day from all over the world that pray with us. And it's become this incredible ministry and this incredible family and prayer community. And it all started with doing that, something I would never would have picked to do myself. I'm the last guy that would have chosen to do a public 
live stream rosary every day. Yeah, and there's nothing like being called out in public to kind of get things kickstarted, right? Like, oh yeah, hundred percent. And then also, you know, call out in public, and then people are like, "We really love this. We don't want it to stop." So I, I so I thought to myself. I'll, I'll do this for two weeks, I'll, you know, because they were telling us at the time, two weeks to slow the spread, yeah, yeah. 14 days. I thought, okay, I can, I'll take one for the team and do this live stream for two weeks. And, and when that didn't stop, we just kept rolling. And I remember thinking to myself, how, how long can I keep doing this? This is kind of 1200 big, days and counting, I guess now. It's yeah. It's deep, like a big yeah. time commitment. And it's a big, you know, it's, it's, it's weird because there was, you know, a, kind of different seasons of it where I thought this is really something that can interfere with my life or it can just become my life. And I, I decided that it would become my life, you know, and, and that was a kind of a mind shift because there was a time when I was thinking, this is really great, but how long can you do something like this? We travel, we're going place to place. Mm -hmm. What do you do about holidays? What do you do about birthdays? You know, what do you do about when you're sick? What do you... And we just decided, my wife and I and everybody else really in the rosary crew, you know what? We talk a lot about daily prayer and we're just going to do that together. And you don't take days off for prayer. Now, doing a live stream is a little bit more intense, but some days it's really low tech. I'll be in my car traveling with my laptop and I'll pull over to a gas station. It's not always in a nice sterile environment with a good microphone and a good camera and good lights. Sometimes I'm in an airport and I but find that's a corner life. to pray the rosary. That's great. Yeah. And, and, and that's just life. That's life. And you know, when you, when you decide to pray and make that commitment to pray daily, you don't do that knowing that every day of your life, it's going to be easy. You, you think probably to yourself, it's probably not going to be easy. There's going to be days when it's tough. And, and, but so what? And I've just, I've just loved it so much. It's been amazing. And the people that are part of this crew have become really a family to us. It's been, a, it's been incredible. Yeah, I really like what you just said at the beginning of that, where, when this rosary crew was starting to take off and you and your wife said, this can you know, either interfere with our life or it can be our life. Right. And that's really when it comes to our faith, that is the choice we have to take. Either our faith is going to interfere with our plans or we can allow our faith to become a part of our identity. hundred percent. And I think that's a choice we all have to make, whether we do this in some kind of public way or not. And the world is filled with people who try to fit Jesus into their life. And there, you can only really go so far with that before there's a, there's a conflict, before he gets in the way. And then you have to ask yourself, what am I going to do when Jesus gets in the way? For example, you know, for us growing up or raising a family, one of the things that was difficult was Every kind, I don't know how it is in Canada, but in America, every kind of youth sports team that we have, whether it's baseball, softball, soccer, whatever, they all play on Sundays and mm -hmm. they all mm -hmm. have they, like they, nobody cares about Sunday morning is church time anymore. Like the culture has, has, has basically said, we don't care about that. So no, I, if you're going to be in anything like that, or your kids are, you, you know, you, you're going to struggle if you're going to be committed to the faith. And I remember like we had, we had to have that 
conversation, you know, with, with our, what are we going to let our kids do that? And we said, you know what? No, like we told our kids, you can do anything you want any other day you want as far as like activities. But Sunday morning, we go to church. We worship God. Yeah. And I don't know about you, Dennis, with uh, the ringette for your daughters, mm-hmm. but I re- remember having a very long and protracted conversation with the president of the Minor Hockey Association uh, when my son was eight or nine years old, because the game times were either Saturday evening at the time of the, the evening vigil or Sunday mornings. And it's like, guy, you got to cut us some slack. People of faith, like that, those are the times where we have mass. Now, luckily in our area, uh, including the parish that I'm working at now, we have what I like to call the last chance mass, which is Sunday yeah, we evening. We have one of those too. Yeah, so that's, we were able to work around. There weren't many, but yeah, we'd have Saturday evening or Sunday evening. So we were able to do it, but you're absolutely right. Secular society doesn't allow for that, does it, Keith? No, just talking, so, so what yeah. we have to, I mean, but here's the thing that we have to remember. We all have a choice to make. And like when I was a youth pastor, I remember talking to my students and they were just like, what are we supposed to do? We can't. You know, that's when practice is, or that's when the rehearsal for the musical is. What do we, we have no choice. And I remember saying to him, that's not true. We all have a choice. And But the problem is people don't want to be put in positions where they have to choose. I remember I got a really nasty email from a lady and my senior pastor actually did because I had preached about this in my congregation and she was upset because, and I remember her in her email, she said, we're upset because we feel like Keith is telling us that we have to choose between our faith and other things in life that we enjoy. And I was like, success yep. is exactly what I'm telling you. Hmm. And, and she was offended at that because she had basically been coddled her whole life when it came to their church situation to where, you know, it was, Oh, you, it's okay. You, you know what? We're here when you need us. And I'm like, no, that's not how it works. And of course, that's one of the things I love about being Catholic you know, people, people are like, oh, Sunday obligation. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. You know, our whole life is an obligation to the Lord. Like we owe him everything. He asks for so little from us compared to what he's given to us that when we fuss about having to make that choice. So I know we're kind of getting off track here, but the, praying the rosary every day is a choice that you make. And I'm not telling everybody that they have to pray the rosary every day, but I'm saying that like, that's a commitment that that we made and it's not always been easy, but it's always been worth it yeah. Yeah. and so to kind of come back to that that notion of the the rosary being a choice and it is a choice that you have made for your family and part of your how has the rosary played a role in your faith development oh, as a family it's 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 been such a game changer for me and for my wife you know i mean our kids are grown they're out of the house but you know and our kids are not catholic but i can tell you this the rosary and the rosary crew have impacted my non-Catholic kids because they've seen what we've done. And the rosary crew community has really like embraced my kids. And to the point where like they send them birthday cards and gifts and stuff. It's crazy. Um, And my kids are like, wow, those Catholics that pray the rosary are amazing. So they've been a great witness, but for my wife and I, I know it's, it's been a total game changer for me as a Catholic, as a just as a follower of Christ, praying the rosary every day, there's been so much grace in my life that I, I just can't even imagine not doing it. Keith, 
Can you just speak to the rosary crew for a sec, Keith? Like who makes that up? I know you've spoken about it a few times. Yeah, so we have a YouTube channel. Yeah, and right? we, so we created this. At first, we were just doing it on my regular YouTube channel. But my channel was just getting overrun with all these live streams every day. So I'm like, I need to make a, my, an own, its own thing. So we started a YouTube channel called Rosary Crew with Keith Nestor. We moved everybody over there. And so we pray live stream on YouTube every day at 5 p.m. Central. On Saturdays, it's 8 a.m. typically. Sunday's 945. I do it at my church after mass down in the closet in the basement. Um, but anybody can join. We've got people on Facebook. We've got people on and on YouTube. And people pray live and they play on the replay on that channel. There's also a 24 seven live rosary always happening. That's rotating between the mysteries. There's a Latin rosary on there. There's a divine mercy chapel. I mean, the rosary crew with Keith Nestor YouTube page is a prayer page. And there's a lot of stuff on there that people can take part in. And the community there has just become amazing. So we have people every day that have been doing this. I was in California recently praying with some people and a woman walked up to me and in um, San Diego, she's like, Keith, I've been praying with you every day since day one. And I'm just like blown away by that. When I get to meet people that do that, it's crazy. That that is, yeah. I can imagine just how humbling that is. Oh, it's unbelievable. You know, maybe if you could share some of the the graces that have been shared with you that have come out of the rosary crew. I'll tell you one quick story that just, it's, it's something I'll never forget. So I was in Colorado working on the audio book for the Rose for unpacking the mysteries of the rosary. So we have a cabin on Colorado. My parents bought that um, 10 years ago and I love being there. And I, I went out there to record the audio book because it's quiet and secluded. And I was driving home. And usually when I'm driving home from the cabin, I'm heading East on interstate 80 and typically around five o'clock, I'm somewhere around Lincoln, Nebraska ish. And I was, it was getting to the time to pull over the, to do the rosary. And I was trying to figure out where I was going to stop. And I picked this little truck stop off of I-80, pulled over, started praying the rosary. And I said, when we started the rosary, I said, coming to you from the Flying J in Gretna, Nebraska, you know, it's time to pray. So as we're praying, we're praying the glorious mysteries that day. And when we got to the fifth decade, out of the corner of my eye, so I'm sitting in my car and I got my dog Lucy with me. It's just mm-hmm. me and Lucy. And I, I, out of the corner of my eye, I see this car pull up next to me. And the woman in the car is like freaking out. She's like going manic. And I'm like, what am I doing? And I, so I try to kind of like look over at her. And I looked over at this woman and she's got a rosary in her hand and she's waving at me and she's pointing at her phone. And she's like, I'm praying with you right now. So I rolled the window down. Now, don't, now get, I'm, I'm still on live YouTube. I roll the window down and she goes, this woman goes, hi, Lucy. That's my dog's name. And I was just like, are you praying with us right now? She's like, yes. I'm like, wow. So she said, I was driving down the road. I pray with you every single day. And you said where you were. I whipped around the interstate to come find you. After we got finished, I talked to this woman. Her name is Tracy Smith. And Tracy is about my age. And we started talking. And she was fighting stage four cancer. She's a mother of four. Had been far from the Lord and had come back to her faith and credits praying the rosary and the rosary crew with where she was at in her faith. Now she's 
doing all this ministry stuff and just had given her life completely over to the Lord. And we had this moment there together at this truck stop that we were brought together to pray. And she was just in tears. And she was like, I am not going to be able to sleep tonight. This, you have no idea what this meant to me to be able, because you're in my house every single day with my kids and we pray with you every day. And to be able to be with you here is like, she said, it's, 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 it's an incredible deal. So I, I, I was blown away. I gave her the rosary that I had with, with me that day. And I got home and a few weeks later, I got an email from her mom that that had just completely lifted her spirits. And then, um, a couple of months later, um, she passed away. And when I think about that day, I'll never forget that day of how just filled with joy she was for something so simple to pray a rosary with somebody. But she was so connected to this ministry that that was like a gift from God to her to be able to have that, that time to, to pray together. And, you know, it just, it just hit me. And, I, and I've had so many stories like that where I run into people and they've told me, you know, this has helped me come back to my faith. This has helped our marriage. I've had so many couples say, my husband and I, we never prayed together and we do this every single day. So many graces. It's just so many stories. And it's like my wife and I are in awe of it every single day. You're giving me goosebumps. Just listening story. to that story. Like it's just, just wow. Just, just wow. And the grace yeah. of God that flows through that and touches lives. And again, coming back to what we were talking about at the beginning, Dennis and I, to go through these crises, whether it's a crisis of health or a crisis of relationship, um, you know, just kind of the, the crisis of being human, how people can do that without faith. I, I think we see the results of that in society at large uh, of, you know, people trying to deal with crisis without faith. And then we hear a story like Tracy's where the faith brings such joy even out of suffering yeah and it's just absolutely beautiful keith what i was surprised to hear when you when you do say that you have all these people praying the rosary on a regular basis that they're not all catholic you mentioned that you have some protestants praying the rosary with you which is funny because you mentioned as well which i thought was a great little analogy when you do run into protestants and they and they kind of challenge you uh, you know if they send you messages and stuff usually in caps as you mentioned which i thought that was quite funny <laughs> you, you, you say that the, you yeah. know they say the rosary is not in the bible and you say to them well the new testament's not in the, you make a good analogy about that but i guess it's it's there for everybody and and the fact that protestants have kind of some of them have picked this up that that to me was an incredible uh, you know, a point that you made. I, I, I had no idea. I just thought it's all Catholics. It's very intimidating for a lot of Catholics to come into it or new converts to come into it. So maybe just some tips as to what would be the best way if you're, you know, a little bit intimidated to coming to the rosary, what you would advise. Well, I think the first thing is you, you have to pray the rosary in a way that is going to be helpful to you. Sometimes you can be in environments where people are praying the rosary. Maybe it's before mass. I mean, we, we do that sometimes. And, so, you know, sometimes a mass before or, or a rosary before mass is great. 
But depending on who's leading it, sometimes it can be super fast, super robotic, and just when you're first learning the rosary to pray it, I, you know, that's probably not going to be helpful to you. So you might need to pray in an environment where it's slowed down, where people are taking their time. Um, and there's lots of great resources online. There's lots of people who pray the rosary online and lots of different channels and, and different things on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. So I think you just need to explore it and, and find what works for you. But the most important tip I would say is to really focus in on the mysteries of the rosary and what they're all about, because those are the context for the prayers. And I look at the rosary, like it's a journey through these special events, these mysteries. And so the more you focus in on those and get to know what they are and where they're found in the scripture and what they mean, and then place yourself into those mysteries, that's really going to, that's going to like make the rosary feel like, okay, it's not just a a prayer that I'm rattling off. It's a journey that I'm going on. Yeah. And that's the, I was going to say, that's the beautiful thing that I really enjoy from unpacking the mysteries of the rosary is that kind of Ignatian idea of putting yourself into the mysteries and not just looking at the mysteries from the point of view of, of Christ or the, or Mary and the kind of the, the main players, but looking at the mysteries from the point of view of the, the bit players, the secondary characters that are in the mysteries as well. Uh, and the one that really stood out, stood out to me because it was the, the very first one uh, was just, you know, imagine being the angel Gabriel Mm. who has the honor of announcing to Mary that she is to bear the Christ child, right? And when I read that, I just went, whoa, I've never thought of it that way before. That we, we think of it from Mary's perspective and the awe and the humility she has to say yes, and even from our own perspective of this need to, to have the Savior, but to look at that from, from Gabriel's perspective and then from that through the, the joyful mysteries, you know, John the Baptist in utero leaping for joy uh, yeah. at, the, at the Savior's presence. Uh, one that always comes back to me is, is thinking of Simeon. Mm, right? Yeah. Right. Now, I can now go to my eternal reward because I have seen the Lord. And he didn't just get to see the Lord. He got to hold him. Yeah. Like just, wow. Yeah. Right. And so, again, just this notion of, of praying the, the rosaries differently and, and, and coming it to it from there, I think, is is just fantastic. Because for myself, when I'm praying the rosary, so I was out for my walk today and, and praying the rosary, I find I get halfway through the decade and I have to bring myself back to the mystery because my mind, my mind has wandered off. Mm-hmm. And that that and that's OK. It's going to happen. You know, and I think that the other thing I would say, the other tip I would give is just give yourself grace and be patient with yourself and, and recognize that the fact that you are taking time to pray is what matters. The, the perfect rosary is not what matters. What, because the rosary is a means to an end. It's a, it's a relationship builder with God and our blessed mother. So you could get hung up on, Oh, I messed it up. I didn't do it right. Oh, I'm so, I'm so worked up and it can become this like source of anxiety and stress. That's not what God wants. It's, it's supposed to be peaceful. So let yourself have the time you need to learn how to do it and take your time. 
And you do talk about the fruits of the mystery along with each decade as well, which I think is really important because, you know, if you do get distracted, you can think about that as well. I mean, you have some excellent fruits. I think detachment was one. I don't know if that was the third glorious or third joyful one. That's the third joyful mystery. And I thought that's an excellent one, detaching yourself from certain things. You need to work on that, my friend. Well, I think we're all caught up with possessions. And I know myself included in that, just letting go of these things, Keith. I think if we can put those fruits with the mysteries, that that's a good little combination you have going there for well, people. I, I didn't create those. Like th- this is one of those things where like, I didn't know. Right. Okay. Like somebody sent me a, or I found a website and then somebody sent me a book by these Dominicans. It's like rosary center or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they had in the, when I was going through the material, it just said, this is the spiritual fruit. So that's the way I started doing it. And then I started kind of elaborating on that before we would pray the decade. So when I lead the rosary, I'm, I'll give a small meditation um, about about each of the mysteries just to help kind of put that in context and help people relate to it before we pray. And some people like that. Some people don't. But that's what I do. Uh, but I think the fruits of that are interesting because it's it's supposed to help us, like, be aware of what God wants to do in our lives through praying the rosary. It's going to change us. It's not just a thing you do to check off your Catholic list of devotion things that you did. It's like, this is a means of grace that is going to help transform you and help you become more like Christ. And I think that's the problem with a lot of Catholics is they just see the rosary as ticking off a box. Yeah, I know. We're going to say before mass. And you were talking about that. When I get to Mass on Sunday morning and they're praying the rosary, I hang out in the narthex and chat with somebody because when I'm getting ready for Mass, I just need to go and sit in there in silence, right? But for me to pray the rosary, it's when we're out for a walk uh, or in the evenings with my wife, too. Mm -hmm. Like, that's such a blessing to sit with your spouse, Right. Or just to sit with a close friend or someone you love to to pray the rosary as well as a, a communal prayer. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the thing I love about the rosary is you can you can have incredible time praying the rosary yourself and with other people. It's such a unifying thing to pray the rosary with other people. And you said that as well. You don't need to pray the full rosary at one time. If you've, you know, you've got five, ten minutes, you pray half the rosary, and then you pray half the rosary at a, at a later date, maybe, when you're more concentration. I know sometimes I might pray half the rosary in the car, going to work, and then half coming home. But I yeah. think you make a good point, though, Keith. You, I think you've said as well, you're not always going to feel something when you pray the rosary. And I think we immediately want to feel this inspiration, but it's kind of something that you say you have to stay with. I think you said one month for 30 days straight that you need to keep going to, to make sure that you give it a chance type thing. Yeah. I think you need to, I think if you, if you give up on it too quickly, you won't get the fruit of it. And you, it takes some discipline to, to make that happen, but it's totally worth it. So I encourage people that want to try, I'm like, give it 30 days every day and see what happens. Now, just quickly, and we, we hadn't talked about this before, but I, I wanted to kind of ask your opinion. Um, I understand the part of meditating on the mysteries and meditating on the fruits and kind of announcing that at the beginning of each mystery. But I've also found some people like to do little add-ons, right? Yeah. Uh, whether it's in between the mysteries, they'll, they'll throw in an extra prayer that really isn't part of the official rosary or they add on. I know Dennis it through you for a loop the one time we were praying the rosary in the chapel right. at school and I prayed the St. Michael prayer at the end. 
That's right, which I had never heard before. Which, which is the practice at our parish, mm-hmm. uh, along with not, not the St. Michael the prayer. I meant within the rosary itself, yeah. No, 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 but the St. Michael prayer at the end of the rosary yeah. is something that they do at our parish, so it was just out of habit. So, you know, Keith, kind of, for, for you, do you think we need to try to keep it as core as possible, or? I don't know. I think people can do whatever they want. So, like, I mean, the rosary is a private devotion, so mm-hmm. I know that there's, you know, different ways of different things and there's a, you know, the correct way or whatever. But I think if somebody wants to add an extra prayer in between things or do something like that, I think that's okay if they want to do that. Um, I mean, we always, one thing that we do in the rosary crew is after we say the Fatima prayer, we just say Jesus protect and save the unborn. And that's not officially Mm -hmm. part of the rosary. We just started doing that because when I would pray with the guys at my church, they just did that. And so I was just kind of like, okay, I like that. That's cool. But you don't have to do that. Um, at the end of the rosary, you know, we do the, the, the memorari too. We'll pray the St. Michael prayer on Fridays. We pray for the souls in purgatory, pray the prayer, um, the prayer of St. Gertrude, the great for the souls in purgatory. So I think it's okay if people want to do that. What I don't think is okay is if you tell people that they have to do something, which that happens gotcha, to me sometimes. Gotcha. You know, I'll have people that will e- email me or, or message me and they'll say, hey, we really need to do the Angelus every time or we really need to pray this extra prayer every time or we need to do this every time. And I just go, no, we don't. We don't have to do that every time. We can, we, this is how we do it here and that's okay. But so to me, like if somebody wants to do that, great. But I don't think that you should ever tell somebody they have to do something extra or it doesn't count or whatever, which, you know, unfortunately, sometimes people get do that. They, they want to, you know, tell other people what to do with that. And I, you know, I think, I think everybody can do whatever they want to do as long as they're praying the rosary the right way. Yeah. yeah. And I like what you said too, mm-hmm. which really helped me to understand a little bit better when you're saying that it, it is a, a personal private devotion. Like there, there is the standard core element of the rosary, but a lot of times we're praying that as a, a private devotion and so, yeah, if we are going to add that. So, no, th- thank you. Like, it's just yeah. help, helping my understanding, mm-hmm. too. So, And, Keith, you mentioned about the the actual days that we pray the rosary. Now, I know the Luminous was brought in about 20 years ago, and, and, and some faithful rosary devotees do not include the Luminous now. Uh, and you say as well, I mean, we should obviously be saying certain, you know, the glories on certain days and the the uh, joyful on certain days, but it, it doesn't, I don't think we have to get so tied up that we don't say them, you know, we need to say them on the certain days, but it, it is kind of nice. I think the luminous does bring a nice element into it on Thursdays. Uh, do you, you do say all the four different rosaries? I, I do. Days, I like the yeah. luminous mysteries, but I, right. I have people, I have people every once in a while that like get on my case about it. And, <laughs> you know, I had a lady call me one time and she was like, Oh, I want to talk to you. I love what you're doing. I want to support your ministry. She was going to make a donation of stuff to our ministry. She was so excited to talk to me. I don't know who gave her my number. Um, and, she, and she was like just over the moon. And then she, she goes, I just have one question for you. Do you pray the Luminous Mysteries? And I said, absolutely. And she goes, oh, that's too bad. Never mind. And then she hung up the phone. <laughs> um, well, she said a couple other things before she hung up the phone, but that none of which were charitable. But she was like, well, I just don't feel like you're supposed to pray the luminous minute. I said, well, then you don't have to pray them. You know, Pope John Paul, St. Pope John Paul II, when he, when he 
offered the luminous mysteries, he he offered them as an option. He didn't say everyone has to do that. So you don't have to, but if you want to, you shouldn't have to deal with, you know, wacky people who think they're holier than thou because they <laughs> don't pray the luminous mysteries, which that just gets on my nerves, you know. Um, I'm, I'm laughing inwardly here because you're summing up uh, what was at one point our, our parish culture here about five years ago, just as we were going into the into the pandemic. Uh, one of the parishioners at one point even said, I don't recognize any ordinations that happened since Vatican II. Oh, brother. To, to, to which then was, well, your favorite priest over there was ordained in the 90s. You know, what's up with that? And, oh, but, but, yeah. so, yeah, that, that's a whole other... That's another show. show yeah, that's another show. Going, but, going down that <laughs> rabbit hole, right? To answer your question, though, I, yes, we pray the Luminous Mysteries every Thursday. I love the Luminous Mysteries. And if somebody doesn't want to pray them, they're, they don't have to. But I want to, so I should get to. Yeah, no, I think they're absolutely, absolutely beautiful yeah, too. Yeah, and nice, and yeah. looking at Christ's teaching life on earth, like it's mm-hmm. it's very important that we look into that part of his life as well and meditate. I mean, on the that. wedding of Cana. How could you how could you get upset about praying the, the you know the second luminous mystery, the wedding of Cana for crying out loud? That's the that's the whole point of the rosary is to recognize the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary. But I get it, people. You know, here's what's interesting. I did a show about this where we were talking about the luminous mysteries and people that make the objection that, well, that's not the original rosary that was given to St. Dominic. And I'm like, okay, well, the original rosary that was given to St. Dominic didn't have the other part of the Hail Mary prayer in it anyway. Like it's been changed. So I find that a lot of people, whatever they grew up with, whatever they first Mm -hmm. came into for them, that's the thing that they think is the original and if someone's doing something different, then they flip out. But what they don't realize sometimes is what they were brought up in is a result of change as well. So I think, you know, yeah, I just don't church. like to have that argument, but people want to have it. But yeah, I, I pray the Luminous Mysteries. It's hard, it's hard to balance all those opposing, I guess, groups within the Rosary crew. But I mean, you do a good job of it anyhow. I keep yeah, and we, we forget sometimes that the church is a, a living, breathing organism right. and, and it is growing and it is, yeah, it, it is ever changing, but you know, it's ever old and ever new. Well, I think the Rosary crew, I mean, the people that hate the Luminous Mysteries, they they left the Rosary crew long ago. Oh, okay. because <laughs> they, they learned that they weren't going to get me to stop doing it. I mean, at first I had people that were go, hey, we really shouldn't be doing that. And I'm like, oh, we're doing that. And, you know, I, I mean, I, I've kind of had to learn doing a public ministry like this when to be open to suggestions and when not to be open to suggestions. And I don't always get that perfect, but there have been plenty of times where we've done things because people have said, Hey, we should do this. Okay. Like praying for the souls of purgatory on Friday. Mm-hmm. Somebody, somebody gave me that idea. I don't remember who it was and, and lots of other things, Brilliant. but sometimes I have to just tell people, no, I'm not going to do your pet thing that you do because when you were a little girl in, you know, third grade, they did it this way. So, you know, that was your thing. That's not going to be what we're all going to do. Yeah, you must get a lot of those, actually, Keith. But I can't even remember, and that why Robert would say my memory is starting to go, but 20 years ago, what was on Thursday before the Luminous? I forget. Which one did we play three times then? Which which uh, mystery? It's been so long. There must have been one that was three times. Was it Sorrowful, Joyful, or Glorious? I, I can't remember. You guys probably got better memories. I, I bet it was probably the uh, Joyful again. 
because it would have been on Wednesday, glorious, joyful. So right. I think it just goes like, you know, glorious, joyful, sorrowful, glorious, joyful, glorious, sorrowful, sorrowful, you know? Okay. Yep. Any but I don't know. Thinkers? I wasn't a Catholic back then. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. 2017, oh, I, mean, I forgot. De- Dennis, I mean, that's, you know, going back to your childhood kind of stuff, right? <laughs> like the, the rest of us here. Hey, you remember the invention of the rosary? Where? What are you talking about? Cool. <laughs> yeah. You were I, there I, with Dominic. Got it. I, exactly. I was there with Dominic, you know. I was a young lad at that time. Dennis, you know, he was busy at the pub or something when that when that was going on. He had flowing locks at the time, uh, Keith. Oh, still do. I still do. It's just back like, a little, back a little bit further. More, more like tufts, but go on. I want to talk about some upcoming projects, Keith, because you always seem to be, you're ubiquitous. You're like the Tim Hortons coffee cup up here. You're everywhere. You can be found everywhere. What do you got on the go? You must have another book in the, in the offing, or is there some other thing that you've, that you're thinking about down the road, maybe for 2024, as we go into the new year? Well, you know, we just got back from a month long trip in our RV to California and back to do Rosary Crew stuff and to speak. And that was an incredible experience. We were supposed to go to the Holy land in January. That's not happening. So I do have a bunch of stuff coming up in 2024, but I, what, what I'm really working on right now is trying to, to really focus in on my Bible study that I do called unpacking the mass. And I've been doing that for a couple of years now. And that's the thing that I'm really, really jazzed about. And what we do is we go through the week's readings for the, for the mass. And I, I put that out on Tuesday. So that way people can have a chance to, to watch that. And it's really just sort of like a low tech exploration of the readings beforehand to get you ready to hear them on Sunday and whatever your priest is going to say in a homily. I love doing it. And I I've, I've neglected my regular YouTube channel for quite a while because I've been so busy traveling and doing all this other stuff. So I'm really excited to just have some time here at home. I am traveling next weekend and a few other places, but I am going to try to like take a stretch of time and sort of dial down my activity so I can really focus in on making, making videos on my YouTube channel. Cause I haven't really been able to do the kind of stuff I I used to do. So I'm trying to like pare down the projects so that I can get back to doing some of the things I used to do before I got so busy. And then it's always good too. Sometimes we can get busy with so many different things that we're doing lots, but we're not doing any of them well. And so it's like we're putting quantity over quality. Uh, and that's not to say what you're doing, the, the quality isn't there. The the quality far outstrips uh, anything that Dennis and I put together here on the Pines and Pews podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why we're so blessed to have you here to kind of help, you know, raise the bar for Dennis and I here this evening well i appreciate that you know i just i i'm the kind of person that i say yes to too many things and i always i have a good idea and it's like oh i want to do that or somebody gives me a good idea oh i want to do that like so i i get i get myself stretched pretty thin often and the things that don't involve other people sort of get put on the back burner for me And sometimes I have to like pull myself back and go, no, that was something I really needed to do. 
but because it wasn't like, you know, meeting with somebody else or helping somebody else or doing whatever, I could, I just sort of push it off to the side. And I'm, I'm kind of like, when I was on this trip, I ran into so many people who told me how much they appreciate unpacking the mass. And I'm like, okay, I'm really going to invest more into that to make it better. And so that's what I'm really excited to work on. So like I tore up my whole studio and I'm remodeling everything. I just spent a ton of money on new gear to, to try a bunch of stuff. I'm really going to like up my game because I also get bored easily too. So like, I'm really excited to do that. And then we're going to hopefully go to the Holy land in 2025, but I've got, I've got some travel. We're going to do another trip. I think in the, in the RV, probably late February, March, Cause I know I'll be super antsy by then to get out of here cause it's cold in Iowa and <laughs> I, we, we, we love to travel to the warm weather when it's, when it's cold. And so I'm working on some different stuff for that time of year too, but I don't have another book in the hopper right now. I'm not trying to create any huge new project. I'm trying to really like hone in on the things that I'm, that I do all the time and make them better. I was well, thinking we, unpacking the mass, but I guess you can't really make a book out of that the way you describe it there, Keith. But just quickly, that 2025 trip, that's not going to be a group group trip by any choice, uh, by any chance, is it? Because Oh, yeah, uh, it's a pilgrimage through Select oh, okay. International. Yeah. Oh, great. So we'll, uh, you'll have that on uh, your website and stuff like that? Because, uh, it's there now. I mean, we, we, had 50, we had 50-some people signed up to go in January, wow. and then we had to push it off a year because of the war. Okay, okay, great. So are you still accepting more uh, more people or...? For 2012, well, a year later? Theoretically, yes, but I don't know that if I, if I wasn't signed up, I don't know that I would sign up for a trip to Israel right now. Yeah, but, not now. Yeah, it's sure, not, not, not on many people's lists right now, yeah. 12, yeah, 14 but, months I mean, maybe, yeah. So, I don't know. I had a meeting last night with my some of my patron supporters, and we were talking about, you know, maybe we take a different trip someplace. I don't know yet. I'm, I'm trying to, again, I'm trying to get, get to a place where I am – focusing in on the things that I really want to focus in on and not take on a bunch of new big projects mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For, well, now. for now. If it ever comes to mind, we would love to see the Rosary RV up on this, this side of the border. I need to get up there. This whole thing started because a woman in Canada had a dream and mm-hmm. she messaged us that I had a dream that you and Estelle came to visit us and blah, 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 blah. And that led to the whole thing of buying the RV and traveling around, but we've never been to Canada yet. Yeah, we would we would love to have you up That'd here. And, and Dennis and I have thrown around the idea of doing a, a pilgrimage even through. Uh, we've got some beautiful pilgrimage sites: uh, Ottawa, Montreal, Quebec City, mm-hmm. uh, which I did this past summer. Uh, so wonderful would be would be glorious uh, to see the the Rosary RV come through. It would be it would be great. But yeah. you know, Canada is like hilarious because it's so big. Like I was it's talking big. to this woman last night in our Zoom call, and she said. She hasn't seen her family in a while, and she's really upset because they don't live that far away. They only live ten hours away. Yeah, I was like, it's like the states, right? It's not that big. You got to come in the summer, though, Keith. Don't be coming up yeah. here in the winter. It's cold I know. Enough where you are. Like, I don't want to go to Canada in the winter time. I mean, I think it'd be beautiful. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. but I would love to ride my motorcycle up there sometime. Like, I mean, I, I need to I need to make that happen one of these days. But the problem is, like, the people I know in Canada. Like, I don't know where any of them live. So it could be like 36 hours from this person. Yeah. So it's not like you can go to Canada and visit all your Canadian friends. No, you can't. It's, no, it's no, too no. big. And it's it's not like the state's all over. It's just one stretch north of the U.S. right across the country, right? A hundred yeah. mile stretch yeah. north of the U.S. That's where most of the population is. But, but someday, someday we'll get yeah. up there. 
We have so, to put him in touch with our friend in Calgary, the Indian uh, motorcycle rider. Oh, yeah, uh, uh, Sean Lynn. He's a, Sean, a friend Sean, of, yeah. of uh, Jeff Cavins. Yeah, Jeff Cavins. yeah they do a, he did a lot of biking trips throughout the States and in, uh, in Canada, too. So he'd be the awesome. contact there for sure. So where would you want us to point people to find out more about Keith Nestor, the books, the Rosary Crew, all of that? Well, my website's kind of a catch-all for all that. It's downtoearthministry.org. It's down the number two, earthministry.org. And, of course, my YouTube channel, Keith Nestor, and then the Rosary Crew with Keith Nestor on YouTube. And uh, those are, I mean, you'll find everything if you if you go there. Well, beautiful. We'll make sure that we get that into the show notes. Well, thank you guys very much. It's always good to talk to you. Well, it's been such a blessing to have you. We just need to, to ask, how was the Tridentine beer? Therefore, it's pretty good. Yeah. This one, he said this one kind of went a little sideways on him with the carbonation. It's pretty, it's pretty uh carbonated. When I when I carbonated. opened it, it was walking down the stairs, it like exploded all over me. So I had to run in the bathroom and clean up before I came in here. So the same so you had the same pro- the same problem I had <laughs> yeah, <laughs> was yeah. all over the place. But the flavor's good. Like his beer's amazing. How was the yellow lab there, Dennis? The yellow lab was excellent. A rare a little uh, cloudy there, but it was it was really good. I'd buy this again for sure. Yours? You know, I absolutely love the Longhorn Lager. It had that nice uh, dark gold nice color yep. to it. So, yeah, no, it was nice again. Been in Texas, I hear, but go on. Well, and, and Sharon, Ontario as and well. Sharon, Ontario. That's right, just north of Newmarket. There, there we go. Keith, it's always good to have you on the show. And our listeners oh, thank really you guys so much. You. And uh, let me know when you guys come to Iowa. We'll hang out. Oh, that would be fantastic. We're going to make a road trip. Now that I'm retiring, Robert's retired. I'm shortly behind him, so we'll definitely do it. Not in the winter, because it's a little cold, too, in Iowa. You guys look winter, way right? too young to be retired. Well, Robert's a lot older than myself. But. So now Keith has to get to confession. But <laughs> <Yeah>. that's... <laughs> Have a blessed evening, Keith. Have a great evening, you guys. Keith. Thank you Thanks so much. Thanks so much. Eh? Take care. Right. Take care. Well, Robert, another great guest. Uh, You know what? I didn't think, you know, eight months. You said it was 10 months. I thought it was like four months, but Keith came back and uh, he delivered. And you know what? I think sometimes people can get intimidated about the rosary, but, you know, he did a great job of breaking it down and, and saying anybody can really pray the rosary. It shouldn't be intimidating. And this rosary crew, I can't believe it. He's, what, 1,200 days straight doing the rosary on his YouTube channel? No, truly a blessing to have uh, guys like Keith out working in the vineyard of the Lord mm-hmm. and uh, a true blessing to have him here on the, the show. And yeah, the rosary is a prayer for just about anybody. One thing we didn't get into when we were talking with Keith, but I know you and I have talked about this before, is like you said, the rosary can seem intimidating if you feel you need to go in and be able to do it perfectly and pray all 20 mysteries, the the first go, you know, it's something that you have to approach in baby steps Mm -hmm. as well. Maybe you just start with a decade. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And as well, don't feel you have to do the full rosary in one sitting as well too, as, as we mentioned on the show. Yeah. And it was beautiful too, the way Keith was saying, you know, be forgiving of yourself. You know, don't seek perfection because there is no such thing as a perfect rosary uh, on this side of heaven. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And, and, and like you said as well, it's a private devotion. There's no, you, you know, if you feel you don't have to pray the rosary, then you don't have to, you know, you can still go to mass, enjoy all the other beautiful things within the Catholic church. It's not something you want to push on our ICA candidates. The minute they become Catholic, that's for sure. 
Well, yeah, and I was listening to another one of our good Keith friends, uh, Keith Little at the Cordial Catholic. He That's was right. talking about the RCIA program, and he was sharing, or his guest was sharing, that they went in for the first day of RCIA, and the first lesson was on purgatory and the rosary. And, like, come on. like Yeah, those are two... You know what? If 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 people are coming from another faith and maybe unchurched or either either way, I mean that's those are the two. What is it? Speed bumps that people have when coming oh, into the faith, right? They're more they're more than speed bumps, yeah. I think, for a lot of people. Yeah. And it, like you're saying, it's just intimidating. Uh, rosary is an absolutely beautiful devotion, and the way mm-hmm. Keith puts it in his book, unpacking the mysteries of the rosary, that Ignatian kind of experience of praying and contemplating and meditating upon the the mysteries yes right and putting yourself into the mystery and being there and looking at it from the different points of view really does make the rosary come alive but again you can't just dive into the deep end Mm. of it either absolutely and you can always do uh, ewtm and mother angelica and the rosary we used to do that quite a few nights um god rest your soul and along those lines, too, those that are coming to the rosary for the first time, you know, and you're a little bit unsure, mm-hmm. is pray the rosary in a group. So, and the best example would be with the rosary crew with Keith Nestor and watch how others are praying it. Yeah. Watch the devotion that they're using. Listen to how they're praying it and use that as your template. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's the best thing. And that, that keeps you on, you know, on a path when you're saying, praying it in a group like that. I know, you know, when I was praying it a few years back on EW10 with Mother Teresa and the sisters, and it's nice, you know, you're in, in this group, you feel like it's a a community, but uh, yeah, he's doing, he's doing a great job. And I can't believe not, not a day off in all those years. I'm coming on four years. And that comes back to what we were talking about a couple episodes ago with the spiritual dryness and that need to persevere. Um, because as mm-hmm. Keith was saying, there's like some days it's not perfect. Like he's sitting in his car at the Flying J. Yeah. Yeah. In the middle of nowhere, Nebraska. And and probably thinking, the, the I just want to keep going, driving and... and, and yeah, you just want to get home. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe so we can the, do pints and pews every day for four years. What do you think, Robert? Buddy, I can hardly get you to do every other week, never yeah, mind every yeah. day, right? Yeah, that's just, yeah. But the be... commitment and having that in your prayer life, whether it's with the rosary or mm-hmm. with reading scripture or you know, any part of your prayer, Angelus, say, yeah. more morning prayer, Angelus, evening prayer, a, a daily examine of conscience is having that routine. And we touched right. on it a little bit is having that little bit of accountability and, and public accountability is fantastic for mm-hmm. keeping us on these things. But if you set a time, I'm going to pray this devotional, so I'm going to pray the rosary every day on my morning walk. Well, then you you, you do that, and that You're just becomes part yeah. of your routine, right? Yeah, and and certainly I prayed it in the past, in this past October, or, you know, month of the rosary. I said, i got to start picking up again, and you know what? I really enjoyed picking up again. But prayer in the morning for me, first thing, I mean, we often text, you know, after we've said our prayers respectively at our homes, but I, I find that's the best time. It's quiet. You're well, guy, guys your age are up pretty early in the morning yeah, anyways. Absolutely. So. I mean, you're probably at the crack of dawn. Well, it dawn, is, it is past dawn my is, bedtime right now. Right? Yes, that's true. 
Don, Don is nice and early the, these days. It's yeah, uh, it is, uh, isn't crep, it? school. It's the the dusk that's coming it's a little the too dusk early. Is coming like five o'clock now. You're right. But Dennis, we were talking about before, as always. The time seems to have flown by. My hourglass here is pretty much empty. Yes, mine as well. And that uh, I will buy that yellow lab again. I really enjoyed that beer. But always, Robert, the both the pint and the conversation are always a pleasure. Yeah, especially the pint. Like you say, you enjoyed your yellow lab. I've thoroughly enjoyed this Longhorn Lager. I had only picked up a single, but I'll be heading back to the bottle shop to get myself a few more tins of that. Oh, wow. You're going to break open the bank, are you? But it's always a pleasure to talk about our Catholic faith as well. Very true, very true. Now, Dennis, just before we wrap things up here, perhaps there's one small favor we could ask of our listeners. If you could take a quick moment and a couple of clicks to follow the Pints and Pews podcast on your favorite platform and give us a review. And while you're at it, give us a like on Facebook, drop us a line there, or send us an email at pintsandpews at gmail.com. We always enjoy hearing from our listeners. Chat again soon, mate. And don't forget to stop by uh, catholicmoment.ca and peruse one of Robert's books or check out our Pints and Pews caps. And God willing, perhaps there'll be even some other merch there in the not-too-distant future. Yes. Stuff is in the works. Stuff is in the planning stages. God willing, we'll have something. For season four, yes, we'll have some exciting news. Now, finally, Dennis, why don't you remind our listeners of the wise words of G.K. Chesterton? In Catholicism, the pint, the pipe, and the cross can all fit together. God bless. Take care, my friend.